Osama Vargas was supposed to be a test for Conor Ben. In the end, he lasted less than two minutes. A stunning first round stoppage victory for the son of a legend. This is After the Bell, Mirror Fighting's boxing show, coming to you literally after the bell. I'm Martin Dorman, joined by Barry Jones and by Declan Taylor. Barry, this you know looked like good matchmaking from Eddie Hearn, but it also looked like a fight that could test Conor Ben. You know, Samuel Vargas, as many people have said all week, beaten only at the highest level, most recently by Virgil Ortiz. In the end, a quick job from Conor Ben. Silly to ask you if you were impressed, but were you impressed? <laughs> yeah, I was, and I thought it was good matchmaking. I think it, I don't think it was a it was a fight that Conor was in that much danger of losing, but it was a fight where he could have looked bad if he couldn't have got him out of there, and he would have been a bit of a a bit of a scrappy fight, I think potentially. But he just didn't give Vargas a chance. I do have to say I got a bit of an issue with Conor because in an interview recently he called me out for saying for constantly saying he's the most improved fighter in the country. Not the best, but the most improved. And he took that as a slight, saying that he, you know, saying that it was like a backhanded compliment that he wasn't that good to start with, which he wasn't. And Eddie Hearn just said the same thing on, on, on the TV. But Connor's just called himself the most improved fighter in the country. So, you know... You should send him an invoice, mate. I should send him an invoice. I should say something about that. But it is. And I think he's right. But I wanna, what I understand what he's trying to say is... is he thinks he's over that now. That you know, keeps saying he's most improved. He's still a prospect. He thinks he's arrived, and I think that performance tonight. I'm not saying he, you know, he's at a very, very difficult weight at the highest level, but I think he's arrived. You know, in his own right, he's not. He's no longer Nigel Ben's son. He's Conor Ben, but at his own right now. So he needs to be seen as that, not just a marketing tool, not to use the Ben name, but as a guy where you can match him now aggressively. I think. Declan, of course, we saw Vargas three years ago now, I think, against American gave him real trouble. It, it wasn't even as if it was he's got him at the right time necessarily. You know, it wasn't that long ago that he took Ortiz. Was it five, seven rounds? I'm not saying it was going to be a tough to fight, but I still think, you know, you've got to give Ben a lot of credit for getting him out so early. 100%. I did think it was great matchmaking because, you, yeah, he, he did seven with Ortiz, but if you watch the fight, Ortiz beat the snot out of him really for certainly the second half of that fight and it was it looked like one of those ones especially for someone who's aging that's going to sort of take its toll on him but that being said I still didn't you know didn't expect him Conor Ben to do that really because I just thought he might not have the um he might not want to do that so quickly and you could see he he threw a one-two after about 20 seconds had and he sort of half caught him and then he thought well I'm not going to hang around and I think that is why Connor Ben really is probably our next big sort of pay-per-view star just because of the way that he fights and the way that, that appeal, that's going to appeal to the wider boxing public. Um, yeah, certainly didn't expect one round. Um, there was a good price online of him doing it inside four. And it was one of those sorts of fights where if Vargas was in any way affected long-term by Ortiz, and he said he had a long camp, but it doesn't matter how long your camp is if you're sort of finished. Um, then as soon as Ben, just because of the way that he fights and the way that he swarms and the speed, as soon as he decided to jump on him, that was what was going to happen. The fact that he did it after 80 seconds, 90 seconds, hats off to him. And a, I mean, amazing performance, a real like statement performance, which is what everyone loves. 
you mentioned about him being the next star, and I think that was probably, I think that was the first time I kind of thought about that uh, was earlier this weekend. Not just, even no matter what the result had been, as long as he'd won, of course, but not just in what he does inside the ring, but even the way he comes across outside the ring. You know, very, just a different kind of approach, I would say, in the way he speaks. Not just that, yesterday, he said to somebody the other day, you know, when I lose, uh, I think it was on IFL, and, and he was prompted, well, if you lose, he said, well, well, I will lose, you know, because most fighters, almost all fighters lose. And I think rather than that be some sort of defeatist mindset, it's just kind of refreshing to hear someone speak so openly about such things, and, and he's talked about his emotions as well. I think he, I know it's still early-ish days, but I would argue he could well be the complete package in a in a field which doesn't have many obvious candidates to be the next pay-per-view star. I always judge it on, um, I always judge it on what my non-hardcore boxing mates sort of what I get from them you know if I get messages in the week saying what's this guy all about what do you think of this and the amount of interest just from normal sport fans seeing his interviews seeing him speak in Spanish all those sorts of little things yeah you say complete package it is that it's just it's like an X factor isn't it which he's clearly got and then when he goes and fights like that then that's the main thing so yeah 100% I think in looking for, I think things have gone full circle because before we were looking for a refined character where they were media trained, they said all the right things. No, it was all just um, cliches of it, and that was brilliant. But now we've gone past that now, and we, and we want the rawness back again. And he brings that. I, I put a tweet out actually tonight saying something very similar. I think people have taken to him because he speaks how he just says what he feels and, and, what, and what he thinks rather than motivational quotes, which is all you ever hear from boxers nowadays, motivational quotes and cliches of certain things about what you should say and thanking you no know, God. Every boxer now seems to be, a, you know, goes to church every Sunday more than ever before, more than any sport on the planet. And But they say it because they, they know it'll get likes and certain things what people will like, rather than Ben just says what he wants to say. I think he's still playing a character slightly. I think he's, he's become angrier since his profile has risen. And I think that's obviously what works so well for his dad. Dad was always angry, you know, always like frighteningly angry. So, and I think Connor's got that not naturally in him, but he's using that now. So, in the interview after here, after this fight, coming out of the build up to this fight, he was very touchy. You know, who are you talking to? You can almost see that. You know, he wants to have an argument with the guy who's interviewing him. Forget about the guy he's fighting. And I think that rawness will really adhere into the public, and that that will make him a star and if he produces. The, the performances like he did tonight, quick finishes, and then the angry interviews after, looking for the next test, challenging people, threatening people to get him a test worthy of him. I think that will that will make him the, the pay-per-view star that, that he seems destined to be. You were absolutely bang on there what you said about him being angry because a few of us spoke to him last week and asked him about, would he like his son? He's got a little baby son. Would you like him to start boxing? He said, no, because you've got to be angry all the time. And it was like, we don't actually, but that's what he does, and that's what his dad did. And so, you're 100% bang on. He thinks that he thinks I need to be angry all the time. This is how he's going to get through this life, and the, the the amount of like abuse and stick he gets on Twitter. I think it's got to be calling now. He used to be a real laughing stock, might be a strong phrase, but he used to be the real, you know, like the the butt of people's jokes really when it came to. Um, you know, people getting opportunities and stuff like that. I think it's, yeah, it's calling yeah. now, but he still has a chip on his shoulder and that's just what, what drives him. And people like it though, don't they? Because you're right, he says mad stuff and he, 
the passion is is just there on the surface at all times, and people love that. And I think and it, I think it, I think it, it shows, it shows it an inner strength because, because he, he he hasn't grown up like most boxers from a working class or below in, environment where you're angry because you don't have stuff. No, you just you know, growing up in a, in a bad area. You just see you just see stuff that you could never get. So sport is usually a way for us to get there. So you're angry on your way up. Not I wasn't, of course, but that's why you, you know you you're reaching for stuff that you, that you never thought you could get. And sport can sometimes be that leverage for you. So his dad and the people who had nothing, they're angry, annoyed with the world because they didn't get the breaks that they see other people having. Just because you're not you're not born in, into that and in, in, lucky to be into a middle class or above family. But he has he hasn't had that. He's grown up in what you would think would be a wealthy, wealthy environment. So you have that inner strength to be angry over nothing. Is <laughs> so it's quite funny actually in many ways, but you know, you can call it false. I don't think it is false. Some people are just angry people. I think he can draw from it. He has a natural aggression in him, which is obviously, you know, you know, obviously inherited, but it's, it's he has that natural aggression inside him that he wants to get out and he wants to wants to beat people up and boxing is the perfect the perfect escape for that. It feels like not that long ago that we were sitting here discussing his, his last victory and therefore what was next for him this time. It's still a good division domestically. The one name that was that was sort of banded around after the fight was, was Amir Khan. I, I don't understand why Amir Khan would entertain that fight for for a single second. So let's yeah. assume, you know, it, it just, I mean, listen, of course it would be big, as Eddie Hearn said, easily sold to everyone but Amir Khan. He's, look, Amir Khan is someone who didn't fight Kell Brook for all those years because he basically didn't want to give him a payday. And the amount of money that was on the table for that fight over the years... I don't see him going being being swayed enough to go into a fight like this, where he has got his whole legacy is on the line there because people will remember that and remember, especially if he was to get knocked out. I mean, if I if it got made now, you'd have to back Conor Ben to win inside the distance based on what we've seen of both of them over the last couple of years, and that would just be catastrophic for Khan's sort of legacy and reputation for you know in the wider public. Boxing fans might go, okay, right, but he's old and whatever, but people would look at it and be like, wow, Amir Khan got knocked out by Conor Ben when he was 24 or whatever. And that, it, it, I, I cannot see, I don't think Khan is struggling financially. And if he is, I reckon he can make money in other ways than fighting Conor Ben and getting in a dangerous fight like that against the young pup. And similarly, the same thing goes for a Kell Brook fight, to be honest. Like, I think Kell Brook would think the same. Like, what would I want to do that for? Um, there would be money on. I would see those two finally fighting each other just to avoid having to fight Conor Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Conor Ben, the, the pawn, the pawn. It's crazy. I, I think. I don't think Brooke would take it. I don't think. I think, but I think the Can name would. It's perfect fight for Conor Ben because it's it's a name rather than the fight that he was. That really elevates him up there. I think the only reason I think it could be made is money is everything. No, and when and I've never had money, but I can imagine once you've had money. No, it's never enough. You always want more money, and and so I think that's a big payday because where else is he going to get a payday from in that, that magnitude? And also, I think I think they would be able to tell Connor, listen, you're going to have to take the small portion here because you're going to win the fight, and you're going to be become the superstar through this, and then your all your big all your paydays are huge after this. So Cam will get them. Cam will get the the the, the king's ransom for this after this pay pay per view if it could happen. 
But yeah, I think you're right. You no, know, he probably wouldn't take it because again, his legacy, his whole legacy. He's had a fantastic career, losing to Terence Crawford, which he took for a payday. Let's be honest, he was never going to be Terence Crawford at that stage of their career. So he took that because he's losing to the best number one or number two in the division. So that was understandable. With with that, with Conor Ben, he's losing to a guy who's a domestic rival, and that's always a, a hard thing to take. It feels like it's a tough spot for him to be in in terms of what's next because you look at someone like Michael McKinson who you know beat uh, Congo last uh, the other week, but that and I think that would be certainly a, a trade fight if you like. But is that high profile enough if you're ready, Heron? No, I think he. I think this whole well, the Vargas fight was a clear indication that they wanted to just bypass that whole thing. And like it was because I wanted to be see him in the mix with th- those names, but he's beyond that, isn't he? Because like you just say, what would he gain from fighting Michael McKinson apart from a difficult night against the awkward Southpaw, who know who, who nobody who that he's trying they're trying to attract now would have heard of McKinson. Like it would be, it, you know, it's it's madder for him to do that than for for Khan to fight him. And I think he's gone beyond that. And it was a clear thing. It was like let's get Vargas, let's get someone that the Americans know and. That is, you know, that's boxed Danny Garcia and Errol Spence and whatever, and Amir Khan, because we we're not interested in that anymore. Um, so I think that's why. But there there is a tough spot, isn't it? Because his old man said on the interview there he'd like him to fight Sean Porter, and that's the problem he's got now. Is if you bypass those British names, you've got to go. Then the welterweight division is obviously ridiculous. Even the second tier guys, you're talking like Sean Porter and things like that. Um, I mean, I'm sure Conor Ben's not going to be worried about that, but. Um, that's why Khan represents this, this perfect storm because the amount of money he'd make from it or that, that would gen- generate it and, and the interest in it in a winnable fight that is a name. It's absolutely beautiful. But if they don't get that, you're right. Then where do you go? Then you're talking real... Like, you, we're talking about Virgil Ortiz is, is sort of his equivalent in America. Took seven rounds to beat Vargas. He's just taken one. So people, you know, they'll already be talking about this. You've got Jaron Ennis, who's, who's boxing tonight, who's another one in that division. Ridiculous prospect. Conor Ben now, because he's bypassed the British level, he has to be in that conversation. That's what that's where they placed him. And then that is a huge amount of pressure and a huge call to make on a guy like who is still inexperienced and is still only what 24. It's 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 risky, but if it pays off, it's colossal for everyone. I think what's important as well in this division is sometimes you you get a fight to this level. So he's just he's fringe top ten in the world, or well, he's in the top ten, but he's not quite. But there's a there's no easy route. There's no there's yeah. not one organization there that has a weak champion. So there's no easy route. It's, it's, and even and even that we call them the second tier, but they're not really the second tier because they're good enough to beat some of the others. They like everyone's mentioning Sean Porter, like he's some sort of like uh, yeah. like stepping stone to world level. He's a good enough to beat. He's good enough to beat Terence Crawford and Errol Spence on his day. By the way, I'm not saying. He would be favoured, and, and I fancy him to beat, you know, but he, he could, you know, that's just, uh, as good as he is. So where, where do you go? It's hard, you know, and then you find another prospect. So you're not going to want to fight, you know, Ennis or, 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 or Ortiz because why would you want to fight them? Because that's a world that's a world title fight in, in 18 months when, when Crawford retires and Spence moves up or, or the other way around. So it's hard where he goes. I don't know. Does he get like Danny Garcia? No, who's who's you know maybe at the end of his career now, but you know still a good enough fighter and a, and a big name. I I wouldn't be shocked because that was such an easy fight for him that he's over in Texas for the 
Billy Joe Saunders fight. He's on that bill. And that would be, I think, no, introducing him to the American audience is very important, but they've got to get the right name for him. Someone who's going to come and give him a war for someone who he might be able to knock out quite easily in, in a couple of rounds. And I think with it, with his aggression, his anger, and, and the bending carries weight over the pond as well. I think that's what's important. So he'll go over there with the son of a, the son of a British legend, put a big performance out, and then over there, the TV comes in America, we'll be going, let's see, we want to see this kid again. Yeah, people still talk about Nigel Ben beating up Iron Barkley and stuff like that. And obviously the Formella fight, the whole thing was about the Sean Porter background and then they got Vargas because of this. So was, that must be the plan. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Sky and Matchroom and, and DAZN and stuff, but there's a route, a clear route into America. And when you talk about America financially, if you can get into that pay-per-view or that DAZN market, the money just is is just another level. It's a total different stratosphere to what he could get boxing on a Saturday night show on Sky. So that that's clearly what they're doing with him, but it's just well, there's, sorry, there's few names I can think of that can take money back and forth. We've got some fighters who can go to America and challenge like Billy Joe Saunders, but he's not a big enough thing to get Canelo over here. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? So he's, yeah. he's a worthy challenger for Canelo in the States, but he can't get Canelo over here. But Ben could be a big enough name to get Crawford, to get Spence. I'm not saying he's going to have to beat those right now, but he's a big enough name and will be if he if he continues in the, on the path he's going to get them to come over here, to get the audience, to get me, to get a one o'clock fight over in 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 Wembley Arena, Wem, Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium. I think I think he has that potential because of the name he has and the performances that he's producing right now. If he continues that 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 form, then most definitely he's one of the few names who can who can who can go back and forth. You know, and be a name over both sides of the pond. It's funny though, because we've spoken a lot about that, that when you take Joshua out and, and Fury, where is the next star? Because we lost that big wave of them with David Hay and Bellew and DeGale and whoever else. We've been like, who is it? There's Callum Smith, there's Duatsi, there's Saunders, Josh Taylor, who are all great fighters, but are they crossover stars? We got him now. We we found yeah. we found him. It's he's you know, he's in a mad division. But you know, a glamour division, and he's he's absolutely smashing out of the park every every challenge. So the next two years, in terms of the, the career and the trajectory and the story of Conor Ben, is absolutely colossal. And that's why Khan is just perfect. This it's just a perfect sort of launching pad for that. We just had one comment come in. Ben hasn't been beaten anyone of British level, but I guess that the whole point is, as you said, Declan, he's, he's bypassed. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's the and the, the thing is though, you just named we named the guys in this division, which is a great division domestically, and they are hard fights, and it, you get to a position where you're like, well, it's risky, and it, we we've got this brand and this profile now. Why would we do that? Why, why if we can just bypass it, we might as well do that, and that's what they've done. And that's a very good point. You could 100 percent argue with that. You could argue that McKinson would beat Formella, and that. Uh, Congo would beat that version of Samuel Vargas. You could you could argue that, but that's boxing's not fair, is it? That's the whole reason that five years ago when he was 19, he was getting unveiled at a press conference when he'd had 20 amateur bouts, because he was always going to be afforded this. But what comes with it is this intense pressure. And the fact is that he's handled it over these five years and now he's sort of growing because of it. But it's a but one hundred percent agree with the point. And I also think that. There was talk of him and um, Chris Jenkins for the British title, yeah, well, exactly. maybe eighteen months ago. And I, I was doing the Sky, the Sky, the Sky podcast with Conor Ben, and, and 
And I said, to be honest, Chris would have to start the favourite, which didn't go down very well, of course. But because he had all the, he had all the pedigree at that level, he won the British title. He boxed good level, and Connor hadn't boxed anyone anywhere near that level at that point, really. Just to be honest, he boxed a guy who boxed for the European title a few times, but still come up short. So I just thought, you know, and they were all saying, "Is is Chris Jenkins a test for Connor Ben?" And I was going, "Hang on a minute, is Connor Ben a test for Chris Jenkins?" I think he is, but that's that's what it should be said. He's the British champion, but again, I think now he's unfortunately the sports is more about money than about the proper route. But he has bypassed that now, yeah. So he can still he still be in a hard fight with any of those guys, but yeah. he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. He still is a tough fight. I mean, Chris Jenkins is still a massively tough fight for him, but because what does beating Samuel Vargas in a round really change change that perspective on a McKinson or a Jenkins or even a Congo fight to a lesser extent now, but. Yeah, it does nothing, but it what it does is it just catapults him beyond him even yeah. even more. So, but that's just the way it is. But the Formella win, the Formella win, the way he, the way he boxed, I think for me, yeah, made him made him then in my mind. Uh, yeah, it made in my mind if him if he were the box Chris Jenkins, he would be the favorite in my mind. Even though it's still hard fight, he would be the favorite. Whereas before, I always thought Chris Jenkins would have been the favorite to win, and Ben had it all to prove. But I think he proved. That he had adaptability, and I say that all the time. But it, it's very important as you step up the levels. Sometimes just doing your, everything you do well doesn't always work when you step up a level. So you have to adapt. And he and he changed his style slightly, and I boxed a guy who who's a more of a boxer. And I think that but that proved to me, you know, that that he can step up. And then obviously tonight just proved that when he's angry, ooh, he's mean. He's he's the Ben. He's ben. it was like going back to 1988, 89, watching that everything, the fight. No, when he hurt him, the way he swings that right hand over the top, the shoulder comes over, the little bend in his body, and the interview after where he's not satisfied and he, who's next, who's next, give me more. It was just like seeing his dad. And 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 yeah, and that comparison he has to be happy with. Just one other name before we move on. David Avenation, as far as I'm aware, not doing no plans at the moment after Peter Josh another, Kelly. It's another one though, isn't it? It's another one. It's like it's such a hard fight, but I mean, what a statement that would be because, you know, at this point we were, well, they were hoping that, that we would get Ben Kelly in, if not a stadium because of COVID, but, you know, a massive do and that went, fell through. But the, the fact is now, Avanesi and Ben doesn't make anywhere near the same amount of money that Ken, Kelly Ben does, but it's far more risky. So it's another one and it's just the way that boxing is, isn't it? Because that fight ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. What more likely is Avanesian will box Yelusinov? So Ben hasn't got to fight either of those guys. Another two low reward, massive high risk fights for him. So get rid of those two. They can fight each other, sort of sort of job. But that's just the way that promoting is, and that's why. And the, the fact we've got we've got to remember as well. Ben's only getting better. He's twenty twenty four. Like he's nowhere near the finished article. So that's even a, like yeah, maybe in three years. Maybe three, you know, what's he going? How good is he going to be then? Then it's not a problem. But now, why would you risk that when you've got such a, such an asset, such a, yeah, really just a financial commodity? Yep, difficult to disagree with that. We'll just touch on a couple of fights on the undercard before we go. Savannah Marshall comfortably uh, defended her world title, so a third round stoppage of Maria Lindbergh, who stepped in at just a few days' notice. I mean, there's not a lot to say about the fight, but, well, the one fight that we do have something to say about, again, is, is Clarissa Shields. It feels like Savannah Marshall fights, we talk about it. Clarissa Shields fights, we talk about it. And then they continue to go their separate ways. But 
in a you know we're, we're at a point where women's fights tend to get made you know if there are big fights to be made maybe not Katie Taylor Amanda Serrano but otherwise they get made it would be a real shame if that doesn't get made this year but you know Clarissa Shields does seem to have this interest in, in MMA and and there's just a slight doubt about it I would say and also it's a fight where she's at real risk to be fair to Clarissa Shields she hasn't been shy of taking the opportunities but I think this is a fight where there's a, there's a real risk that she could lose and I think her reputation that she's given herself as the best, you know, the second best boxer who's ever lived, you know, male or female. I think that I think I'm right in saying that. I think she said that, but this is she, you know, she's she's arguably the best woman boxer that's ever lived, of course, because you know, the Olympics and and also you know what she's done as a professional, you know, and but it's a real test. Savannah Anna Marshall aside, oh, oh, loose she is with her shots. She, you know, she looks like she has plenty of power, but never loads up. But also, Christian Shields will make it work. And I think she hasn't been put under pressure yet, Savannah Marshall. And so that would be it'd be an interesting fight. And also, the, the women's, they still need those big fights. I know Christian Shields versus Christina Hammer was meant to be the first super fight. But it it didn't deliver. It was an awful fight to watch. And I, I don't know why, because Christina Hammer throws a million punches and she's always good to watch. One of my, she was one of my favourite women boxers to watch. But her and Christian Shields just didn't gel. It was awful. And it was a shame because it was a real, genuine quality fight. They need a they need a quality fight, you no know, that that you no know, of highest level that produces excitement. And if they can do that, it helps their sports because you know, we've seen some good fights, but also we still need building. So yeah, we'd like to see it. I think and, and I think it's I think it is possible. I think Christian Shields need you no know, she'll take the money. I think ultimately, but. It's it's the first real risk of her losing a, a, a undefeated record that that we've seen. I feel like it seems to be. I know Eddie Hearn wants to be and thinks he is, you know, the biggest in boxing and wants to take over and everything else. But it always seems to be the pressures on him to deliver these fights. You know, that was kind of what Clarissa Shields was alluding to after the fight. You know, you know what to do. You know what I want or whatever. But this needs to be. It takes two to tango, right? It can't just be a case of. Eddie, give me the money. He's done it time and time again, and I'm sure he'll continue to do it. And we might see that with the heavyweights, the Joshua and Fury next week. But it can't always be, oh, we'll wait until Eddie Hearn delivers what I think I'm worth. Yeah, kind of. But then if if Eddie Hearn's the one that's calling for it and who who has Savannah Marshall, then it sort of is up to him. And some, somewhere somewhere along the line, someone is not is not allowing that fight to happen. And I'm I'm not sure if it's just simply that. Clarissa Shield want more money than she's than Eddie's willing to sort of put up for the fight, which is probably it. And in that situation, usually they get there in the end um, because there aren't many other options for him. And you're right, we just talk about it all the time. It does feel like it's getting closer. There was a time when Savannah Marshall had only had a few fights, didn't have a belt or anything like that, and they were calling for it. And it was like, well, that's never going to happen because what what's in it for Clarissa Shields? But now she has got to that point now where it's sort of like, yeah, well, she's clearly the other one in the division that you, they need to fight now. Um, also, there is the money from the zone and wherever else that, or over here, or whatever it might be, or you can put, you know, you can put it on a pay-per-view card and get them both paid well. So I think that's the, must be the sticking point that Clarissa Shields obviously knows that that's the, the big one for her at the moment. And she wants to get paid as such. And I think she even put on Twitter what the offer was originally, but she didn't like it at all. Um, it seemed like it was miles off to what she wanted, but, I think what I don't know. It's I, I mean it's slightly worrying because we had the same with Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor, and that's never happened. They just sort of 
went other ways and in the end other things do emerge but I just I don't know I think maybe I'm it's wishful thinking but I reckon it if it's not next I think it could be, it should happen this year and just finally Shannon Courtney outpointed Ebony Bridges to win the vacant WBA bantamweight title a thrilling fight actually in the end very nip and tuck perhaps the score slightly closer than the judges had it Barry yeah I think so but I, I, this, I don't think we should get too carried away with with that because you can get again I see the same thing again again you're gonna have close rounds you can just give them all to the one person I, I had it closer than the what some of the judges had it but but I would say that um that some of the work that Courtney was doing was cleaner and crisper so I guess that's what they were going for I think you know but more of a clubbing with with bridges but what a good fight no, I, I t- just take the world title and put it somewhere else a minute because you know that's an issue of its own. Which is, it, 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 no, that was a common title fight, fantastic, but it was a really good fight to watch. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't you no know, a skill fest or anything like that. But it was a real tough hard fight where you know, it looked like a couple of times Courtney was going to you know sub, be submerged under the pressure of, of Bridges, but then she fired back with quality work. You no, know, it, it Bridges with a beautiful right hand, which I thought the fight was done. Bridges showed loads of courage. Was, was tough as old boots, which you know, I know that that's not a, a term she'd like to be used, but it was she was as tough as old boots. She walked through everything that that Courtney could give her, and and made a really entertaining scrap. And I think, but it was the right winner at the end. That's that, that's the main thing. It was the right winner for me. And we have to hope that Rachel Ball, you know, comes through COVID. It seems like she struggled with the after effects of that, but that looks like being the obvious fight to make. Yeah, that I think that's the clear one, and yeah, it totally depends on. How Rachel Ball recovers from that. I, I mean, you still have to make her the favourite against Courtney based on the first fight in in the rematch. But Ebony Bridges as well. I'm sure we'll see her back over here. And just because she was a weightlifter and a ring card girl, or whatever, you know, and she wears lingerie, people were saying that she's a sort of fake and a bit of an actor. But based on that fight, I think we can draw a line under that. Like, like just look at the way that she hung in there. She got really hurt at one point. I think it was at the end of the fifth. Really buzzed, didn't go down, everything buckled, hung in there, eye hanging off, you know, not the most, ta- clearly not the most talented boxer, you know, she'd, she'd admit that, but I thought, I was really impressed, I thought it was a great advert for women's boxing, and you see it up and down the timeline, don't you, people going, whoa, what a, what a fight that was, and just the interest and the buzz in the, in the whole of women's boxing now is much, is much more um, widespread, and those fights only do that for it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the world title, I mean, it's just a bit... I do still think it's sort of damaging in a way, but we can sort of, like Barry said, park that and just appreciate what that fight and then appreciate, hopefully, then the, the Courtney ball. And we always said that's what we need in women's boxing is that we need these rivalries and we need, right, I want to see this person box this person because without it, there's no interest and there's no buzz, there's no chat and then there's there's, there's nothing at all. That's That's basically what powers the whole sport. So... We're getting that now with women's boxing. From here, hopefully, it's just a, it's just like a snowball and it just keeps going and going. So, but I mean, what a fight it was! Great, really entertaining. Probably the most entertaining fight of the night. So, you know, I would say, it. I would say, well, Bridges took some stick this week about yeah. you know, sexualizing her, herself to, to sell the fight, and Courtney jumped on the bandwagon. Hundred percent. No, it doesn't work for me. I don't care because I'm a boxing fan, so I don't care if you're the best looking woman or man. It, that means nothing to me. It's what you, it's what you do in the ring. So. It, it didn't make me angry. I didn't care. I just want to see if, they, if it's a good fight. If it's a rubbish fight, I, I, I'm not interested in it. And that's that's how I judge it. But other people don't. They go to fights. You no, know, 
We've had loads of it, male fighters, by the way, who have been sexualized. Oscar De La Hoya, good-looking bloke. Myself, of course, no, maybe not myself, but no, but no. Gary Stretch was like a, was like a, the best-looking man you've ever met in your life. Robin, no, Robin Reed, boxer, boxer, sure. Robin Reed was doing all sorts of stuff, honey. Robin, even but, Josh Kelly. Yeah, Josh, yeah, of course, yeah. Every everything, you know. I mean, and and so you know, it's whatever works. You know, you you have to be able to fight, of course, but but and she's doing it herself, so. You, know, you don't want to be come across like, like sexist and all the rest. I understand that, but also she has a freedom of speech and the freedom of, of herself to 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 advertise herself to bring. To, what she's trying to do is bring an audience in to show you you she, you can fight. And she thought the way to do it was, you no, know, I'm proud of the way I look and the way my body is, and I'm going to show you. I'm going to show it off, which is great. I can't do that. I'm a skinny guy with a hairy chest. But and so she, and then when you see a fight, you go whoa. Man, woman, child, whatever it was, that person could fight. She was tough, extremely tough. Not as talented and skillful as, as Courtney, but tough. So she came with a lot of stick, but she brought the audience in. And because of that, whichever you did it, and she did it, no one else did it for her. She did it herself of her own esteem. And then people will want to watch her fight again. Because of the, I want to watch her fight again because of the fight, not because of what she did beforehand. But other people have seen that. What tune in to watch her, and I will appreciate that she's a good, she's a tough competitor. Is that can I my is that my rant over now? Rant over. <laughs> getting on for midnight. <laughs> you, you could even see on on Twitter that you saw what people were saying before the fight, before the first bell, and then you saw it changing during the fight, and then all that people will remember after the fight is it was a good fight. I think it actually started cooling over the course of last week when she was over here doing interviews and explaining herself and she wasn't this joke and this act and like, look at me, I'm a, you know, I'm a glamour model. It wasn't that. But she was explaining the whole point of what she was doing, the whole strategy and what she was planning to do in the fight. And I think it all then came into, well, let's hope that she performs as she did. And I, I, she, I mean, I'm a new fan. Yeah, I hope, I'm sure that, you know, Eddie will sign her and we'll see her over here a lot because she's a, great addition to the sport she's a character and that's what we need in whether it's men's or women's boxing well said well we roll on to next week and a fight that's gone very much under the radar but liam williams takes on demetrius Andrade in his bid a fight that's been in the making for a long time he bids to become world champion please do join us then until then take care